So we are so excited about this podcast episode in particular. We have never done this before, Mm -hmm. this type of one. And, you know, we're just going to go for it. Uh, We love this topic. We're very passionate about this topic. And we've helped so many people along the way with this topic. So we just thought of, hey, we need to record a podcast episode about this Mm -hmm. so we can get it on the air so that if you guys ever have any questions or concerns while you're in the process, you can go back and listen to this. And we hope to really help you out with with what we're going to be talking about. And I'm sure you're wondering, what are we talking about? (laughs) I'm trying to hold it out. (laughs) I'm trying to keep it from y'all. So today we're going to talk to you about real estate investing. Yeah, so I think this is something that we have been kind of learning and, you know, going through experiences and we're still in the process of learning that we feel like it's time to kind of share and maybe just kind of give y'all a sneak peek of what's going on in our life and before and what we've learned and what we wish we didn't do or what we wish we did do and um it's just fun and I feel like this is a perfect time for us to bring this up because we just released a YouTube video all about investing in general just for beginners but this is specifically on real estate investing because that's where we are more heavily invested in where we're investing in right now versus all the other categories that we went over in that video. Yeah, so Leanna and I love real estate. Um, Kind of a little bit about our story. We bought our second house here back in 2021, and it was a really great time to buy. If If you've purchased a house during COVID year, it was one of the best times, I think. Record breaking. Uh, interest rates probably will never see those again in our life but you know what <laughs> I've encouraging I know but the the point is is like you know we ended up you know buying a home that was built in 1989 and it stayed in 1989 until <laughs> we moved in we had to pretty much gut the whole thing start over we kept a little bit of, of the 80s nostalgia like the kitchen and cabinets and stuff like that yeah um, we tapped in just painted it yeah so but you know we had to redo a lot of stuff and um but the process of purchasing that home and all this other stuff and purchasing our first home uh, that's kind of what we're going to talk to you guys about. but And we're going to share some tics, tips and tricks to understand the market as well, too, mm-hmm. um, a little bit later on in this video. Yeah, I think the first thing to start off is why we decided to buy a second house. So what was our thought process? Why do we feel like it was time? Um, I feel like one thing I want to share was we just felt like God was opening the door for us to buy a house. Like, it was so strange, but we were already saving money on the side to, in the future, and I think our our original plan was to buy a house, like, you know, three years later, or three to five years, and we bought a house that year. <laughs> yeah, we had a goal. We're like, we're going to buy our second house and lease this one out or lease the one we buy out in three to five years. Yeah, that was and our original that plan. that year, we bought it. Yeah. That was pretty crazy. And so I'm sure if you're listening, it's like, uh, how did y'all like save all this money before, you know, three to five years? Obviously, y'all did it in like, you know, like nine to 10, 11 months. We saved up enough money for a down payment. But um, I think our original thought was we wanted to save enough that we were going to pay everything in cash. And it's a good thing to have that mindset, but also it's a lot of money that you're, it's a good thing that you're using that money to pay a house something worthwhile. 
but a lot of that is gone if you pay it in cash. <laughs> right. Versus just paying it all, you know, slowly over time. Or um, if you're going to lease it out, letting your tenant pay it all over time. And then you don't have to worry about trying to pay it all in cash and saving that money. And you won't save that, that much money until 10 years later or five yeah, to 10 so years. So we decided to use the bank as our investment pros to help us to move forward with this, you yeah. know, because I mean, the odds of, you know, folks saving a hundred to $200,000 in 10, 11 months, that's, that's, that's pretty hard. Yeah. So we just decided to use the bank pretty much. <laughs> to help us. And Hey, it's, it's, you know, it's really worked out. Everybody gets a little bit of peace, a little piece of, you know, the income and, um, but yeah, you know, like, you know, we've, Whenever I first moved down here to Corpus, I really wanted to buy a home, and I was single, and I didn't want to live in the house because, you know, I was alone, and I don't know, it was kind of weird. It's kind of a big house for me, so I decided to lease it out um, whenever I bought my first home down here, and it was great. I leased it out for a year, um, and then after that, Leanne and I got married, and we we asked the tenants to leave, and we moved in. Yeah, because their their uh, lease was up anyway, so we went, decided to move into the house instead of looking for an apartment for us to live in when there was a perfectly, a perfectly good, house. good house for us to Already live remodeled. in. Already yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's what we did, you know. And then we ended up moving out of that house and moving into our second house, and we leased out the first house again. <laughs> Yeah. So as of right now, we only have one. We have one rental property. I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but we've learned a lot along the way, and this is all of a part of our experience. Something that yeah. a lot of things we've experienced in this video. So we we video? do have a you know, the podcast. <laughs> we do have a video. We do have a, a home that is being rented out. So um, just so you know that we're not just like making up stuff. Well, yeah. You guys haven't done it. Like we're actually we're doing it right now. So. And then we're also wanting to do that in the future to purchase another property, but we don't know when in the future that's gonna be. But yeah, we're so, excited for that. Yeah, but that's our next big goal is to buy um, a third home. So that's kind of our our big goal, which hopefully it comes sooner than later. And it's kind of scary to be kind of sharing this because I feel like for me, um, you know, people, the only type of people that would purchase properties and real estate and lease them out, make millions with like people like Donald Trump. Like that's just in my head. Like I think of like, oh, like, you know, you have so much money that you don't know what to do with it. You buy all of this land and properties and real estate and then you 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 come down on people to um, make sure they make their payment, you know, that lives in those homes or properties. And so that's the kind of picture I've always had in my head. And I really wrestled with it because when I first met David, he told me, oh, like, you know, I have a house in in Corpus that I leased out and at first I was kind of like she thought I was Donald Trump I was gonna say that <laughs> or that you were the type of person that Donald Trump would be friends with you know and, and not in a bad way but not also in a good way like in that in between where I just didn't understand it fully but I kind of had to really pray about it because I wrestle with it. I don't want to get stuck into, oh, we're going to be selfish and use all this money just for ourselves. It's for our future, for our, you know, future kids one day. It's for, you know, if anybody ever needed help, you know, they can't find a place to stay and, you know, the lease is up for the other property we have, we can give it to them. Like, I really want to be able to be a blessing to people, not just to be focused on ourselves. And that's why I kind of... I guess I was really hesitating to share all 
what we've been going through and our experiences with uh, real estate is because I just don't want people, especially believers, to look at us and be like, oh, well, they're using this money for um, wealth and they're trying to build like treasure in this world when our treasure is in the eternal, in heaven, and you can't take it with you. And you're right, we can take it with us to heaven. But one day we will die and it can get passed down to somebody else um, that matters to us in our life. Um, but there's a Bible verse, or I think two of them, that I wanted to share really quickly. If you're kind of thinking about buying a property to, for yourself or to, you know, flip it, and we'll explain what all that means, or to lease it out, like, I want to encourage you that you can do that in a pure and righteous way. Um, so this is a crazy Bible verse. This is all about, you know, the the holy and righteous woman of God in Proverbs 31. And in verse 15, it says, She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. So what does that mean to you? Wow. Um, I think that that means that she wants to use the land for something good, maybe. So mm-hmm. it's a vineyard. It could be a wine vineyard. It could be like an orchard vineyard or some sort of fruit vineyard. So she, but she bought it. Yeah, so she bought the land and she worked the land and then the the fruit came of the land. Maybe she wants to sell it or maybe she wants to give it away to her family or friends. Or, But, but that land will yield something healthy for mm-hmm. the people and the community around her. So wow, that, that's awesome. Yeah. What is uh, it? What do you think about that? I think whenever you see an example of a woman in the Bible actually buying something, it's so like rare, out, outrageous, and rare at the time. Like I feel like yeah, women really didn't rare. have the right to buy things and like to purchase stuff. Oh, sorry, I like hit the the wire. Um, but I don't know. Like it really kind of opened my eyes to the fact that. The Lord does bless us whenever we are able to, I guess, use what we have to glorify Him and not to just waste it. Like, we're not we're not called to just build up wealth for nothing. You know, to just, just, you know, put all of our money in the bank and never use it. That's not what we're called to do. We're called to use what we have. It doesn't have to be just money. It can be with time, with talent. And I'm sure we've done this in an episode or YouTube video before of, what we use or what we do with what we have matters to God. And I'm sure we've done something like that. But I really love the idea that a woman, you know, obviously a woman, but, you know, a person can purchase something and to use it to glorify the Lord. Um, can you read the other verse? Sure. Acts 2, 44 through 45 says, All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need i love that one and that kind of um supports what i was saying about being a blessing to others you know um we don't want this to just be about ourselves but we know that investing is something that is biblical you know when you do it in the right way when you're honest you don't don't cheat people when you do things in a fair way um i feel like the lord does bless you when you honor him and you glorify him and people can see that people can i remember whenever we um were in the process of buying the setting house and our realtor was like this is a bad time to buy because all the all the houses were overpriced at the time and we were like no we we know we gotta keep looking this is our budget and our budget was kind of low 
and kind of almost <laughs> unrealistic. Yeah, you know, it was pretty much unrealistic. Um, and all of a sudden, like this house popped up, and it was way under budget, way under market value, and it was being sold as is. And you know, we really wrestled with it. Like, well, it's being sold as is. We got to see what's going to come out yeah. in the inspection And we were report. the first ones to look at it. Oh the lock, yeah, the lockbox hadn't even been put on the door. Yeah, we had that's to get true. through with the garage. <laughs> <laughs> While we were walking inside the house, the realtor had two calls from the realtor listing it already with offers on the table. Yeah, and we didn't think we were going to get it. And and quite honestly, not that a realtor isn't a positive or optimistic person. She, they're more she's very, practical. Yeah, they're practical and she's very realistic. And she was like, well... It looks like y'all might not get the house, but y'all can still put in an offer. And we put in an offer, you know, like, just a few thousand over um, asking price. And then all of a sudden, like, we didn't get the house, but, uh, like, all of these circumstances came up. And I, I think we shared this in another episode or video. I'm not sure if we shared this story somewhere. I think, I think so. we did. And if I, if we did, I'll link it in the, um, in the show notes below. But anyway... Long story short, the we got the house, and before that, we wrote a letter to the owner, and she wanted us, and then also, it was being sold as is, which, which means they won't do any work if they find anything wrong with it, and they ended up, you know, taking care of pretty much everything that was wrong with the house foundation, and what, what else was... Plumbing, big plumbing, plumbing issues. issues. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Um, yeah, and so it, was, we just, it was a lot of money that they had to fix. And our, a lot of things. Yeah, and our realtor was so in shock of like how everything all came about. And we, we didn't tell her that it was God. But, but it was she, God. But it was all him. And she, she said, I never in my, I don't know how long she's been working. 20-something years, I think. Yeah, 20-something years. She, I've never seen this before. Well, yeah, it was crazy. So, she, like, if you're in this process, and we'll share the tips and tricks right now, but if you're in the process, just trust in him. He will open doors, but he will also close doors when it's if not it's time. Not, yeah, it's or it's not, not the time. one for you. Yeah, so, um, you know, normal, everyday people, if you're listening to this, you know, oh, I can't save up enough money, or I don't have enough money, you know, like, you can, you know, you can do what we're doing. If we can do it, you can do it too, you know. And so normal, everyday people can have a plan and they can do a little bit at a time and they can and they can get there, you know. So if you're thinking, oh, I don't have enough savings account, I don't have enough. Well, get a plan to get to get to that point, you know. Get an extra job, work, work, work overtime, start saving, you know, because that's, that, that's how you're going to get ahead um, mm-hmm. by not spending everything you make. And so... And you then, know, but then also the secret is that you don't always have to put twenty percent down. Yes, yeah, that that's a huge um, thing that that that's what that's I just, thought. That's just a, a thing. I don't know why they they tell you that or it's promoted. Well, I but think you it's something else. But literally, I'll it don't later. have to put down twenty percent. You don't even have to put down ten. You can put down as low as three point five percent. What was yours on a certain on the first loan house? mortgage? Mine was six percent. You put down six percent. On the first house? Yeah, on the first house. So that was, that was really low, and I had no idea. I was worried because I didn't have enough cash, and they were going to say, oh, I'm sorry, you don't have enough. Nope, I had enough. As long as you're pre-approved. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah, as long as so, you're pre-approved, you're just a dough. Yeah, so I mean, like, I wouldn't recommend putting that low down, but if you really have to, you can. There's yeah. Pop, there, like, that, that's completely, I, you know, you're completely able to do that. But I guess I, would, I wouldn't recommend it, but um, I guess I did it, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't say, don't do this, and then I did it, you know, but anyways... <laughs> 
Okay, so let's talk a little bit about real estate trends real quick, and then we're gonna go into um, some tips before you purchase. So, okay, so real estate trends. This is really interesting. So let's just. I'm only gonna talk about two years. That's it, really. I'm gonna talk about 2020 through 2022. So these two years are wild with real estate. I mean, wild as ever. Now, not as wild as the real estate crash back in the 2008, you know, 2008 or something like that. It wasn't. It hasn't. Well, I, I don't know if it's crazier now. I think it probably is. But that was pretty crazy back then too. Okay, so <clears throat> things are complicated and they can be very complicated. But if you can somehow simplify all of these things that we're going to talk about, then you're going to be much better off and you're going to understand them, you know? Mm -hmm. So first of all, the very first thing is just I'm talking the last two years is don't listen to the mainstream media. They're going to tell you one thing and they're probably doing the complete opposite behind the studios. So, because they don't want you to know all this stuff, you know, like they don't want you to know what's going on. They don't want on. the average American to know the truth. About they don't want, yeah, exactly. What they can do. They want you to live in fear and they want you to be where you are and not grow. And that's their ultimate agenda. And so, so that there's more for them left. Exactly. So there's more for them left because they're the ones who are on top and we're not, I guess, apparently mm -hmm. from their eyes. So, okay, I'll get off my little soapbox. But <laughs> all right. So this is what happened 2020 happened, right? The millennials. The millennials were living in apartments, right? Before, prior to 2020. 2017, 2018, they were graduating college. I'm going to talk quick. They were graduating college. Uh, they lived in apartments. A lot of apartment dwellers and then the millennials. The millennial generation is the largest generation, right? As of, as of today. All those people, all those millions of kids, right? Just graduated college. They're getting jobs. They're, they're in debt. College debt is out the wazoo with them. So they have to live in an apartment to make ends meet. So fast forward maybe four years, five years, 2019, 2020. COVID happened. All these millennials get home and they're like, wow, my apartment really stinks. I want a yard because all my pets have, I have to walk my pets every five minutes because <laughs> most millennials have pets. And so it's like, wow, so I need a house. So then they go and they buy houses. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... There's a couple of things that happens with whenever all this does happen. So first of all, once they start looking for houses, they realize there's a shortage of houses because the housing market wasn't prepared for the, for the millennial generation and also the baby boomers to start moving out. See, a lot of baby boomers are moving into RVs and they're moving into smaller areas and starting to sell their houses. However, that wasn't enough to compensate for the massive millennial movement that wants houses. Well, it's not just millennials, like other people too. I will, I know, but that's what that's what caused the market to go crazy because they okay. all started to look for houses at the same time, and there wasn't any. Are we millennial? Yes. Oh gosh. So yeah, so <laughs> I thought it was a Gen D. But now this is this is what happened like with the majority. Now there's also all these little one-offs, but I'm trying to like give you guys the realm of the scope of like what's going on. So baby baby boomers are moving to RVs, millennials want houses, not enough houses. So the houses that are available skyrocket. The prices go up wazoo in price. Interest rate is at its all-time low. I mean all-time record low in the US history. It was as low as two point seven percent interest rate or was it 2.5 2.5 i think it's 2.5 i mean i've never i've looked on data back from the 60s 70s nothing was even close the average from the 60s 70s and 80s was like a 14 percent interest rate 
Yes. Oh my gosh. So okay, so here we go. All these millennials want houses. There's no houses. There's a shortage. So they start outbidding things, right? So at the outbidding happens. People are like, oh my gosh, I can get all this money. I can get all this house for this cheap because the the interest is so low. Okay. Okay. That's what caused all of it to kind of go crazy. Everybody decided to go crazy. The houses that were on the market were selling like wildfire. Okay. okay. Now let's fast forward. It still happened uh, up until the interest rates started going up. So the housing developments and everybody during COVID was like, oh my goodness, we need to start building houses because all these people are going to move. We're going to make a lot of money. And so that's when they started building all these houses. So if you're in a city right now and they're building houses around you, that's why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. And they're building little like shotgun style houses, like as cheap as they can go so they can get people in. Um, okay, so that happened. So within 20, so let's move forward to 2022. 2022 today, the interest rate has crept up. What comes, what goes down must come up. So record low interest rates now has gone from a 2.5 to a 6 or 7 average. Percent. Okay, percent. However, whenever that happens, you get people afraid to buy. You get people who can't afford to buy now. So the houses that are available are going to sit longer Yeah. on the market. But so, before, what you didn't say before, in 2020 or 2021, everyone was pricing it higher, above market value. Above market value, and, yes. And then people were trying to outbid because there was more properties than buyers. No, there was less properties than buyers. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. For every one house, there was like five or ten people buying, trying to buy. That's how bad Yeah, it yeah, was. sorry. Less properties, but too many buyers. And yeah. so it became a seller's market? Became a seller's market. The and, sellers had a lot of power. And then now? And then now, 2022, the buyers ha- are beginning to have a little bit more power. It's beginning to level out. Mm-hmm. So right now... You know, the, the houses are sitting longer. It's still a great time to buy. You're still going to get a really good deal. So you can Just still uh, put a lower, a lower offer, offer, offer and make like your basically make your demands because there's no one else buying houses right now. I mean, it's just so slow. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but if you're trying to sell a house right now, I would, I mean, if you really want to wait, I'd wait till next year because they're saying that, that the uh, Freddie Mae and yeah. Fannie Mac or whatever they're going to set a regulation again to bring it to a more level, a more regulated level about 4%. Yeah. That's I what do, they're wanting next I year. What I'm trying to get at is the fact that there was a house that was for sale a few streets away from us and they priced it so high. And the thing that they only did was fist up the front yard. They do nothing to the inside. Maybe they did something to the inside, but the inside layout really weird, and the backyard is a mess, like from the pictures I've seen. And I told you straight up, they are not going to sell it for the price that they set it at. It's like way above market value. It was right at that tipping point where um, houses were starting to sit on the market instead of, you know, before houses would be on the market gone the next day. And now, like, houses are sitting on the market for weeks and months. And they had to bring it down $25,000 recently. Yeah. And I was like, I told you, David, they were yeah. not going to sell it for that. So that's a good sign. So that's a good sign for buyers. I wouldn't say rec- I wouldn't for- say <laughs> sellers. Yeah. But, you know, that's just how it is. So whenever you're looking at these trends, you got to really pay attention to, like, what's going on. And just understand it's, like, all very basic, basic knowledge. Like, 
Look around you. Like, look at what's going on. Look at who's buying houses. Look at who's selling houses. And research houses. it. You can and do a some book research. About it. Yeah, and you know, start buying. There's this one book. I'm gonna have to link day. below. Um, it's called Real Estate Investing. It's by the. I don't remember his name. It's by Bigger Pockets. Uh, I forget what it's called. The it's founder a, of Bigger Pockets. The founder of Bigger Pockets. It's a really great book. We're gonna link it right. Even below. I read it, and I yeah. I got a lot out of it. Super good. It talks to you about like different loans, stuff like that. But we're not gonna really get into that. So. Well, you know, we want you to say, yeah, so we want you to say that if you don't have any experience buying a property and, you know, like selling a property that we've hoped that we've kind of opened your eyes a little bit to what's going on. Um, it's not too late, you know, I would say, but just realize that things change month to month and, yeah. and it goes faster than you think. So, yeah. And then I think one thing I wanted to share is, um, that I mentioned flipping the house and selling it. We don't do that. We don't have any experience with that. We're, I don't think we can see ourselves doing that other than maybe like, um, like one of the houses that we buy and, you know, flip it and lease it out. And, you know, maybe there's a point in the future that it may be more smarter to sell it than to keep running it out, especially if, um, if we've already got it paid off, like then we can sell it, you know, but I'm not saying, we're not in the business of buying a house, flipping it, and selling it in 30 days. We're no, not into we're that. We're buying and holding. Yeah, we're holding it and then leasing it out. Leasing it out, yeah. So if that's something that you're more interested in, uh, we don't have any experience with that. You'll probably have to do more research into that. I think that's a lot more... Um, I think it's more risky and a little bit more like intensive because you have to really put in a lot of work and then you got to make sure that the market is good for you to like sell it right after. Um, yeah, um, that's a huge risk, but it's fun. People do it all the time. Yeah. So if you like that deal, th- that go for it. But <clears> we <throat> don't have any experience with that. But I just will go ahead and go into the tip. Sure. Let's talk about the tips. So this is before you purchase tips. Let's say you want to buy a house. You're excited about buying a house. You haven't done anything. You don't know what to do. Uh, where do we start? Be patient. Yes. Be patient. I didn't know if you wanted me to stay. You were just staring at no, me. No, yeah. So be patient. So be really patient. I mean extremely patient. From the very first first time you start getting go to get a pre-approved, you're trying to find a realtor, all these things are be super patient. Um, before you purchase, you have to be pre-approved through a mortgage lender. Then you can find a realtor. And um, what, uh, well, there's like two or three different types of loans, right? And I obviously don't know them all, but just know that there's different types of loans out there. So make sure you do your research on which one's yeah, the best Yeah, there's one conventional, there's FHA loans, and there's VA loans. Yeah. So, so conventional just, is more of, a, yeah, more of a bank loan. FHA loan is a government-backed loan. VA loan are for veterans and military. Yeah. Pretty okay. much. So, um. So once you get pre-approved, you've gone through that process. They're going to ask you for a lot of paperwork, a lot of stats and stuff to get pre-approved. Yeah, it takes um, a long time. Yeah, the first, the second thing, what you really want to do is do your research on a realtor. Uh, we found we found an amazing realtor for uh, for us. 
whenever we looked on Google, we looked at reviews, look at reviews, look at who shouts out people like, uh, I don't know, Sarah's a great realtor. I love her or whatever. And there's more, more people saying a name than ask for that person. You know? Yeah. And then also, um, if you're interested in what we're doing, where you want to lease out a property, um, maybe look for a realtor that also does management as well, like property management. Or if you're thinking about having a property manager to manage, um, you leasing out your property, then that would be a plus because you don't have to be working with different people. You're working with the same person or the same company that yeah. does real estate and management. Um, that, that's just a, a little tip um, if you're yeah. thinking about that. But if you're just trying to buy just to live, you know, forget what I just said. Yeah, I know. That, that's a really good tip, Lena. I completely forgot about that. So a very important tip. Um, by the way, we don't manage our, our, our rental. Uh, we have a property manager. I'd highly recommend it. Um, so they deal with all the Yeah, I think do stuff. all the little every <laughs> everyday stuff. Like yeah. if anything pops up, that's a problem that we don't have to get involved. They take care of it. Um, and they take 10% of whatever is the, what do you call it, the leasing price? Right. What's that called? The rent price. The rent price. The rent price. They take the 10% yeah. of it, and they have a, a small fee that we have to pay if that that tenant decides to move out, and they have to use that fee to find someone else. But I think that's worth it because we're not having to get too involved or too stressed out about all the little details and filing and taxes, yeah. and yeah, it's just we're really thankful to have a property manager for that. Yeah, so uh, the other thing is, you know, is make your realtor your friend. And know that they work for you and you don't work for them. So that's really important. Like you should not have to do the legwork whenever you buy a house. They should do all the work. You just sit back and basically tell them what you want. You yeah, know? You tell, so, and don't be afraid to tell them exactly what you want. Don't If they say, oh, do you want this? But you're not really interested. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you're going to waste her or his time. You're going to waste your time if that wasn't really something that you wanted. So be really honest. Um, every time you go to a property or a house and you don't like something, be honest about it. But don't also be nitpicky about it. But just be honest like, hey, I really don't like the fact that there's um, electrical wires in the backyard or it's going through the the house or something. Like You just got to be honest because that, um, especially if you want to lease it out, that can be a deterrent for future tenants they believe in not having wires right next to your house because they believe that can hurt you in the future. Um, so things like that, just be honest with them completely. Um, yep. And then also, like, obviously before you purchase, try to save as much as you can between now and then because um, what's crazy is that you need to have enough money to pay for inspection if you found a place. And you also need to, uh, I think you have to have enough money for closing costs too. That, is, that doesn't include the down payment. The down payment is another deal. And then there's also closing costs that hovers for commission for the realtor. It hovers for the um, fees for the, for, um, um, the house, um, for the contracts and like the house, like we call it when you own the house. The transfer titles, yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. It's all There's that. It's, it's about it ranges from eight to eleven thousand dollars, which is a lot of money. So really keep that in mind as you're still saving up in the next few months that you're looking for a house, um, because the closing costs can really bite you in the butt. <laughs> yeah, it can. Um, the other thing is, is I guess know that 
a lot of loan mortgage companies are wanting two years of work, employment. Yeah. They like two years uh, of steady income. So if you're working, you want to buy a house, don't leave your job. You know, that's the worst thing you can do. Uh, Stick with it. Because they're going to want to see two years of W-2s, two years of... Uh, I mean, anything, you know, paycheck stubs, proof of income, but they like it from the same employer or if you're self-employed, like from the same company. So uh, the other thing is, is be watch. This is all before you purchase a house, right? This is all things to do as you build up to it. Be watching your credit score, pay off your debt, uh, avoid evictions, bankruptcies, because all those things are going to red flag you in getting a house. Yeah, because they're going to see you as unreliable in paying your payment if you can't pay off your debt. And I say that you can't have any debt at all, but if you have like an insurmountable amount of debt, you probably need to work on paying that off first before, or at least pay most of it off before you look for a house. Because if you are going to do a loan with a house, that is a new debt you're bringing in, and they want to make sure that you can pay that off monthly. Yeah, that's good. And also pay your payments on time. Yeah, pay your payments on time. Uh, it's okay to have some debt going into this, but you know, like Leanna said, so um, I guess decide whether or not you know you want to purchase to live in it, flip it, lease it out. Uh, all this is super important, you know. Um, you or know, flip it and think sell about. it. Yeah. yeah, if you want to flip it and sell it, that's fine too. So I think those are all the really good things. I'm trying to think there's anything else before you purchase the house. I think that's about it. I think we covered a lot of things. Um, Maybe um, I feel like I guess. I would say this is a good and bad thing. I just try to resist on sharing too much with friends and family because then they can have t- either they can be really helpful or they can have too many opinions. Like, oh, I don't know about that house, and you really fell in love with that house. Or, you know, just be careful. Like, just you know your family, you know your friend. Just be cautious, I guess, when you're sharing that you're looking for a house. They can be looking on Zillow and try to send you all these houses, and I don't know if you want that. You could want that, or you don't really want that. You want that process to be on your own deal. Um, But, yeah, also, you know, just always be asking for prayer from the Lord, from your friends and family, from church, your church family, like, hey, this is what we're doing. You know, pray for us. If this is something that God wants us to do, um, to open the doors, to close the doors. Um, Yeah. That's what I think for before you purchase. You know, make sure you get the okay from the Lord. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so during and after the process. So this is a, this is the part that's really fun. So you found a realtor that want that you want to represent you. You do not need to to find a realtor that represents the seller. So you need to find your own realtor who can represent you. I forgot to say that. But so whenever you're in the process, you found your home. Like things are crazy. You want to make an offer, right? You make an offer. Um, you know, whenever you're first negotiating, don't be afraid because they're probably not going to accept your offer because it might be, it's going to be lower, hopefully, or maybe in our case, it was a little bit above, but we were fighting a market that was overbidding. So, yeah. you know, we knew people were overbidding. And people were also putting in cash offers. Cash offers as well, too. So cash offers are crazy. Just a little heads up. If you wanted to pay cash, you can close with close a hat within like four weeks, maybe two weeks within a cash deal. So cash is king. Uh, but like I said, this isn't really about a cash deal because we haven't done that yet. But um, so the other thing is, too, that's really important. They don't share this at all. I, I've not heard this other than the people closest to me who have been doing this for a while 
is that whenever you find a home and you you know don't be don't be afraid to ask what you want if you want a boat in their driveway if you want i don't know things to be done or whatever you know like in the this is the very very first offer before you get any inspections done yeah you know write a handwritten letter and send make the give the give it to the realtor who represents you to give it to their realtor who represents them to give to the owners it will make and it will make the deal so much better i promise you this is i'm really hesitant on sharing this because i don't want this to get out because this is our little secret thing but not, not a secret no more not a secret no more because we want to help you guys if you guys write a letter you're probably gonna get it. I'm just gonna be real because the probably investors eighty like percent. Yes, you're gonna get it. The investors won't do it. The people who are out of town won't even think about it. So you know, just write write a reason why you see yourself living in the house. Like, what do I write about? Talk about you see yourself living in this house. How much you love it. Even if you don't hate it, hate the color. Don't don't mention that. Just talk about it's just how you just love talk it about and how you see how yourself. You can see yourself living there with your husband and wife, or with your family, and what you can see yourself doing, like in the future, like for holidays and you know things like that. They, they. I'm not saying to lie, but you know, like if you really love the house, like you can do whatever you can to get it. And one of them can be to write a letter. Um, to that is the most sh- important thing I think yeah. during and after this whole process. A letter is the most, and it's and it's such an exciting thing, y'all, because I'm telling you, it happened for us. We wrote that letter, we sent it off. There was over a hundred offers on the house that we got, cash offers. Oh, a hundred offers. No, that, that's what the realtor told me. They had what? A, they had about a hundred offers on the house, and we got it out of one. I mean, it's crazy. Out of town I, people, you never investors, told me that. yes, local investors. Everybody was trying to get this house. We were yeah, in. because it was one of the only houses under market value it at was, the time of every house is around being over overvalued. Yeah, so it was crazy. So okay, but it obviously needed a lot of work. So. <laughs> yeah, which we put it all in. Okay, so here's the. Here's one of the other things that are real important. A lot of people don't know this. Yeah. Is take a really good look at your inspection. So you're going to get the plumbing inspected. You're going to have a general inspector, uh, you know, come out and do uh, like the roof, the AC, the flooring, things that cracks in the walls. Then you're going to have a plumbing company come out and do a static test. If, if the plumbing fails, the mortgage probably won't go through. Uh, you're going to have to get that fixed or the seller's going to have to get that fixed. But do the inspections because this is going to save you a lot of money and a lot of stress because well, they're going to find you problems. You don't ever like not do inspections. They, t- they say you need to do inspections. Right? The only time you don't need to do inspections is if you are on a cash offer. Why? Cash offer deals because the, there's nobody involved but you. I mean, I guess some lenders may not want you to do maybe just a general inspection, but do the plumbing do the the other thing that I wish we would have inspected is the AC system. I mean, got an AC inspector out here and looked at it because we could have probably gotten a new AC system because just because how just how bad it like how bad it was. Well, it's still worse now, but still worse. It's gonna break down probably next year. But um, the other thing that I wanted to share was make sure you're seeing the house or property and um, see you know the bottom line whatever and see if it's being sold as is or not. This is really important. If the house or property is being sold as is, they will not do anything to help you with fixing anything that you find out that's wrong in the inspection report or anything that failed in their inspection report. So 
one thing here is that if you are willing to pay for any everything that's wrong with the house, you know, go for it. But if you're not willing to do that, they won't negotiate with you. Well, they did with us. But some places don't have a sold as is. Some places does have the being sold as is, um, yeah. and they're not going to change. Like with us, they did change in the process because but that was a risk we took. Yeah. And buying a house as is is taking a risk because you don't know what's wrong with it, and you're gonna find out all these problems. And I mean, you didn't have inspection You can try. Done. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because you can try to negotiate with the owner. Say, hey, like. No one's gonna buy this house. No one's gonna buy this. this house because of these issues. But if you help me fix them, or we go halves on it, or you take one and I take the other, so we can get this thing done, it can be negotiated. But just know that most houses sold as is, you're gonna have a lot of problems. Just gonna be real. Yeah, there's a house that we saw in uh in our area that's being sold as is, and it's such a good price. But I told David, I think there's something wrong with the foundation. Like it's just gonna be a big deal. It can be fixed. Yeah, it can be fixed, but who's gonna pay for it? I don't exactly. Know. That's that. That's the whole thing about all this. Um, all I, right. I think the. I'm gonna be sure that we have gotten everything down. Oh, before. so here are the heavy hitters in a home. I I didn't really talk about this. Oh yeah. There are. Four things you want to look for that are the most expensive things in a home. And most, there's one on the side, I guess five, but that's not really an important thing. Because, okay, number one is plumbing. Plumbing is huge. I mean expensive, like thousands of dollars to fix septic It can be up to 10000 More than that. Like plumbing, it just, plumbing is huge. Look for plumbing problems. What's the next one? Second, look at roofing problems. Roofing's big. Ten, twelve, fifteen thousand dollars on a roof. Yeah, I feel like that's the biggest hitting one. So right now you're at roof and plumbing up to thirty thousand dollars in a hit. Foundation problems. Foundations could be up to fifty up to fifty thousand max. I mean now that's that's, that's excessive, but like most of them's around four to ten thousand dollars. How much was the how much was Ours it was over about here? Four 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 thousand five hundred. But because it was only one area. It was only one corner of the house that was sinking. It wasn't the whole house or a garage or something like that. All right, so foundation air foundation's big. AC's big too. I think especially if you're down here in South Texas or you're in Texas in general, AC's a really big one. So get an AC inspector to come out. Most people I, I've never done that, but I'm gonna do it on the next one we buy. So those are your heavy hitters. What I mean heavy hitters is they can make or break a deal, but if you get those items fixed or one of them's good, then hey, that's one thing you have to less yeah. one thing less you have to worry about. I think about. the other thing I wanted to share was the fact that um Whenever you get your pre-approval loan, whatever amount they say that you're pre-approved up to, you don't have to go all the way up. So let's say you're pre-approved for $300,000. And that's really, really high. You don't have to go up to three hundred. You can say to the realtor, hey, our budget is two ten. We don't yeah. want to go up to three hundred. So remember that. If you can try to find a house or a property that's for like low, way under your yeah. budget versus like what's the loan that you can go up to that would be awesome for you for your future yeah. paying every month the interest yeah it's just it's just better off in the long run if you can try your best to go under your budget and be open to doing a little bit of changes cosmetic changes painting not that bit of a deal yeah that's a good. lot of youtube videos that you can find so if you hate the front door let your husband or Knock partner, <laughs> look up on YouTube and figure out how to replace the new door. Yeah, so. 
Well, all right. That was a lot of fun. I think we covered it all. Most of it, I think. I feel like we didn't really get into, like, leasing it out and stuff. Like, yeah. finding a property manager and figuring all that out. But I think for us, since we have a property manager, they help us so much. But I feel like if you're thinking about doing it on your own, then you're kind of on your own unless you have help. Yeah. So, I, if you're just starting out, I would really recommend having a property manager company to help you out. Uh, and make sure it's a really good one. We have a really... Um, professional and they work really well um david was telling me that from the first house when you first leased out the house like that you said that they were okay but they were kind of unprofessional they were kind of late they didn't respond sometime right yeah 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 they they weren't uh they weren't too good at what they did but this company now is very modern they do you know pet reports they do all like pictures inspections everything (laughs) else like that so yeah so we're really happy with that um but if you want us to do another episode or maybe a Q&A episode on real estate investing, we would love to do that. Just let us know if you really enjoyed this episode and uh, we, if we need to do more of these episodes in the future. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I, we, we love talking about this. We're so excited we're able to talk about this now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but we'll see you guys later. We'll see y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.